I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome back. Hey guys. Hello. <laughs> we don't have a third person here. That was just <laughs> Haley. Hello. Hello. Hello, citizens. Oh my god. Welcome back. Oh, and I forgot to tell you. Sorry, so much has happened since I last saw you. I, I feel like it's been a long time. When it I was been. thinking about it today, I was like, I feel like I've done a lot to my house since she's been here. Yeah, and but the same thing, like you had a lot happening in your life in a very short amount of time. Yes. Like you had some big life events that yes. occurred. Yes. And so I was like, Holly has like a crap ton of things happening. I'm going to like be the friend that kind of checks in periodically, but not like overwhelm her yeah. with my life. Yeah. Because my life was shit past <laughs> three weeks. We can nothing compared to your life events. No. That you've gone through currently. No. But um, this happened super recently. And it's I can talk about it now because it's been like out on the news for like a minute. We had a murder. At in your house? Not in my house. Oh, okay. In sure. Western North Carolina. Recently. Oh. Like... There are a lot of murders. There are a lot of murders in Carolina. This one was in Marshall, North Carolina. Okay. So that's that's actually near the Tennessee border. Mm-hmm. It's up in Madison County. Okay. So this one came out. This young guy, I think he was like, I don't know how old the victim was, like maybe 19 or 20, which is really sad, um, was shot with an arrow and died. And, and the guy who did it, um, let me see if I can find his name really quickly. He's already been arrested for felony murder. Well, obviously. Right. Um, Was it like target practice gone wrong or something? I or, don't think so. I mean, obviously, so. if he's being convicted of murder, I mean. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Okay. His name is Richard Eugene Toe Sr. He's 51. And he was charged in fel- with felony murder for the death of Cody Jonathan-, Jonathan Garrett. No relation to him? I don't think so. So th- as of the 22nd of September, um, the State Bureau of Investigation was assisting in the case. So there hasn't been a whole lot of other information out about it. But I just thought, because it's like true crime, it's happening right now. Yeah. Kind of crazy. So. Jeez thought it was super interesting well and then the, your mind goes to places like was it a drug deal gone bad was it you know you stole something from me you i know or was it just like opportunity like yeah i just don't like your face like a fight broke out about something like, i don't know but i mean to just randomly have a bow and arrow just like right there and I just i mean to me it's just easier to pick up a gun <laughs> that i would but right, you know what i'm saying right. like i mean bow and arrow like we did you know, shooting bows and arrows in high school that was part of our like gym PE thing. We did not do that. Yeah, we had an archery unit or something. I must have learned better by the time I was. In uh, trust me, by the time you got to school, they had to lock down everything. Well, yeah, we had like all kinds of lockdowns. 
because of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't Haley me. is coming on campus. We must lock it down. Lock no. it down. But no, we did like archery and stuff, and I sucked at it because I am not patient with shit like that. And so you have to kind of be sh- patient. You have to have good form. You have to, you know, really okay, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why I wouldn't be a good hunter, mm. or I guess in this case, huntress. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not patient. What are we here for? We're here for murder. Let's do it then. Oh, not to commit it. Let's hear it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I do want to take care of one piece of business before mm-hmm. we start. Um, I want to tell, um, give a shout out to Heather, Patsy, and John. Um, Heather actually sent us, I think Heather. Oh my gosh, I don't know which one of you sent it. I'm going to assume Heather. Um, sent us this lovely, lovely email that was so sweet, and I read it and, like, cried in my living room when I read it, and I just read it to Holly. And I cried here in my living room. <laughs> in our living room, so we've all had a cry in our living room. Um, but yeah, they sent us this email and said that they all listened together. Um, it's her and her mom and, um, her husband. They all listened together. And what I thought was super funny, because she didn't tell me I could read the email, so I'm not going to, like, read the whole thing. But I want to tell you guys about this one little section, because I thought it was so funny. And, like, I relate so hard to this. Um, is that she came upon our podcast when she was trying to find something to help her stay calm at the dentist. <laughs> I love that our true crime murder podcast helps you stay calm at the dentist. Yes. That's awesome. As a fellow individual who was terrified of the dentist that really resonated with me i feel like i need that at the gynecologist (laughs) i i do i feel like if they're like keep scooting keep scooting keep scooting then i can just like go to my happy place you know and i hear hi i'm holly like i feel like that would just be like oh happy place happy place is that a speculum oh happy place Oh my gosh. No, yeah. mine's the dentist. Terrified of it. Hate it. I think because I've never had a cavity, mm. I've just not experienced that. Um, but I've got to say, Heather, thank you so much for reaching out. You are so kind. And I'm so grateful and happy to hear that we have made your trip to the dentist a little bit easier. Yes, definitely. Keep listening. We love you. Thanks, thanks, thanks. <sighs> All right, let's get into this case. I'm ready. So this was actually a case suggestion from my lovely mother. What up, Lorraine? Who sends me random things. She sent me one while we were sitting here recording, actually. Uh, Lorraine, number one, we're busy. Gosh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know we love, we can't quit you. We can't, we can't. And it's really nice because it does some of my work for me. So that's really nice. (gasps) She's our intern. I told her that today when she called me when I was on my way here. About a different case and not the one she sent me. She was telling me about another one and she's like, I remember this one. I can't remember the name of the person or she's like, I know where it was. She's like, how do I find like the information? And I said, listen, you're going to have to get on the Google and you're going to have to do this. I said, you are now the podcast intern. You don't get paid. Exactly. You get paid in love. We need you to do this. My son will come snuggle you. And I mean, perfect. Enough said, right? That's perfect. Um, This is the story of Jessica Gutierrez. Jessica Gutierrez. Yes. So Jessica Gutierrez was from Lexington, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And on the night of June 5th, 1986, she was four years old. 
She went to bed in the room she shared with her two sisters. That next morning, June 6th, her mother Deborah came into the room to find Jessica gone. The curtains had been ripped off of the windows, papers were thrown across the bedroom floor, and the front door was open. Her sister Rebecca, who was six at the time, said that Jessica had been taken by a man with a, quote, magic hat. Wow, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's a lot. Rebecca would later say in an interview when she was older that she remembers seeing the man lean over the bed and pick Jessica up. Deborah immediately suspected that whoever took Jessica would have had to have been someone that she knew. I mean, that would make sense. Right. When Jessica was taken, Rebecca did not immediately run to her mother. Instead, she pulled the blanket over her head. She was frozen with fear. She couldn't move. She couldn't scream. And I right freeze, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just can you imagine? I would be so because then you're you even when you're little you're kind of questioning is this real? Is this really happening? Is this and a bad dream? I'm so scared. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what if this happens to me? It's like I can't move or they're going to know that I'm here, but they probably already know that you're there, but and then the guilt you feel when you're older. Yeah. And she's said in several interviews um since that day that she blames herself for not doing more. No, honey, you were six years old. I was going to say, the girl was six. There's nothing you could have done in that moment. Except maybe, like, also be abducted or... Right. The worse. Exactly. So, a large search was conducted the day she was discovered missing, so that next morning. Um, They searched by foot, um, in off-road vehicles, by air. Um, Nothing was found during the search. A few days before Jessica was taken, her mother had actually broken up with her boyfriend and had kicked him out of the house for alcohol use and what she had described as possessive behavior. She kind of immediately accused him of abducting Jessica. He was questioned repeatedly, but was never charged. Hmm. So I don't know. Well, and you would think, too, that, I mean... If it were someone that familiar that Rebecca would be like, oh, no, it was mommy's boyfriend who came in. I know. And so and but then, you know, memory is so crazy, especially with trauma. It's true. Of like you can. And it was dark. Mm hmm. And And had a magic hat on. Right. A disguise, maybe. Perhaps. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, there was a fingerprint that was actually found on the windowsill outside that matched a man that Deborah does not want to say. Like, it's never been said, like, who this fingerprint... Like, they know. Like, the family knows and the police know. But it's never been said, like, or released who it is. But Deborah said it was a family friend. Like, the print belonged to a family friend. Your face is saying a lot to me right now. We've gone through several different emotions in that past. <laughs> I did. I feel like... <laughs> like, Sybil. Like, I went through all these different personalities in this moment. All these different lot. emotions I'm trying to process. Okay. So, they found this fingerprint. It mm-hmm. matches someone who is a family friend. They don't want to talk about it. Do they not want to talk about it because they don't want to implicate this person in case they're innocent? Or do they not want to say anything because 
they want to really find out what happened, so they're not trying to put it out there. I think it's a little bit of both. I'm sorry. This is just me, and, and with all due respect to the family, if this is my kid, I don't care if you're my freaking father. Yeah. If you have some connection to my child being gone, um, you're damn right I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to put that shit out there until they take you down. Yeah. Dad, just know. <laughs> pop, pop. Pop, pop. <laughs> We're coming for you. We're coming for you, pop, pop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So, he, the reason why they said they didn't charge him was because the print was found on the outside of the window instead of on the inside of the window. But there's this weird, like, tidbit of information I found in one random article that was like, um, Deborah was kind of a, sounds like kind of a compulsive cleaner. So, like, she cleaned the windows, like, every day. Like, wiped them down. Okay, I'm not that bad. So, maybe by the time they came and dusted, she'd cleaned inside. Like, I don't know. I couldn't really find any information. But that's Mm -hmm. kind of what they went off of, of, like, which Deborah kind of thought was a little ridiculous. Because she's like, well, if it's prints on the outside, it's, you know... Like, you have to open them from the outside, those windows that she had. And what seems to make sense to me in my head is that somebody is attempting to get into the bedroom from the window, and they can't. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was locked, so they decided to go in the front door. Right. That's logical to me. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, So, you can actually look up this person and kind of find some information on him. I didn't put his name in here because Deborah didn't want it said. Right. At some point. So I'm not going to put it in here, but if you click on the articles I'll have linked, you can figure out all who this guy is. Does he have a a criminal history? Yes, he does. So what's interesting is that he actually had stolen a van in Lexington County and was heading um, towards North Carolina. Um, while he was, I guess, on the way there, or once he got there, he <laughs> raped a judge's daughter. He was caught, and while he was in jail, he told his cellmate that he had kidnapped a young girl and that he would confess if he was given immunity for the crime. He was denied immunity, so he did not confess. He was found guilty of the rape and for stealing the van and went to jail in 1987. And there's been, like, no follow-up. So, is he still in jail? We don't Mm -hmm. know. He's still in jail. From what I understand, he's still in jail. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. North Carolina or South Carolina? I don't know. North Carolina, I think. That's no problem. He might still be in jail. I don't know. He might be out now. After this, you just give me the name and I'll pull out the uh, North Carolina Department of Corrections. Holly can find everything. I can. I'm an investigator in that way. I know. I can background check anybody. Anybody. I know. It's wild. Yep. Um, So you want to know something that's super eerie about that? Obviously. He told a cellmate, that same cellmate, that he wore a cowboy hat when he abducted the girl. The magic hat. Magic hat. Maybe. Jeez. So, 
I think that's kind of crazy. I think it's crazy that that's not been as followed up on. And maybe it has been, and maybe they've done a lot more on it, and just it's not, like, public record. Well, and, you know... I want to give everybody the benefit of the doubt here. It's not like in 1986 they were really collecting DNA evidence, you know? Right. So they may not have anything really to tie him to it other than the fingerprint outside. And that may be able to be explained away, honestly. I mean, if it's a family friend, you know, maybe sometimes how you're like hey peekaboo like you know for my son even like the car window i think like i'm getting gas or something and i'm like you know tapping on it or something to get his attention and make him laugh you Mm -hmm. know i mean it could be something innocuous i'm trying to give the benefit of the Mm -hmm. doubt even though i don't necessarily lean that way right um i don't know yeah i don't know either um deborah believes that that ex-boyfriend that we mentioned earlier and this man this who's was arrested were actually in on it together the men have said in other interviews that they don't know each other they've you know they've never met however deborah says that they met each other at a gathering several months before jessica disappeared she's like i remember them both being there they met there like they know each other it would be unusual for someone who is that close of a family friend relation to not know your boyfriend girlfriend whomever is like living with you with yeah. someone who in your life like that it would be odd i know it's like i think about it with like my brother um his girlfriend now she's adorable um, her name is nubia Aww. and she's so freaking cute but like i know her like I have a really close relationship with my brother, so she's going to know all my friends. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're going to be, feels like you're involved with this family now. You're going to be exactly. thrown in the mix. I feel like I'm pretty involved with your family. <laughs> you are very involved with my family. Which is so like, funny. Like, extremely. Because I'm just like, Holly, the chick that you worked with. <laughs> Always been to like several like important family events. I actually just told my mother recently. I said, "Oh yeah, we had a shrimp boil for Haley's dad's 65th birthday," and she was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, Granny was there. I was like, the pastor was there. He actually cooked it." And Mom's like, "Okay." Yeah, like his son came. Yeah, like, I was like, his son, son came. And... I was like, you know, we were just hanging out with the family. It was great. Her cousins were there. She's yeah. like. Oh, it's just been integrated into the family. Pretty much. I am the, I would say daughter, but your mom and I are only 10 years apart. So I'm probably like her younger sister, maybe. Yeah. That sounds right. I know. It's an odd situation. It's like. The more we think about it, the weirder it gets. It sounds country. So either your mom had me at 10. (laughs) Or, you know, I'm actually her younger sister, but also your older sister. <gasps> That's so Southern. I can't wrap my brain around that. Isn't that That's weird? okay. We don't have to talk about it. Granny's just popping out them kids. Jeez, Granny. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, <sighs> but yes, I have been integrated. But anyway, nonetheless, you would know them. You would know, like, and, if they're and, close to you. So I think that they're lying. It doesn't mean that they have some allegiance to come and take this little girl. And why specifically her? I don't know. There were three kids in that room, and they picked her. Maybe because she was the youngest and the smallest. Maybe. And the easiest to get out. Maybe. More opportunity. And then what happened to her? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Case is cold. 
So in June of 2014, um, that was super interesting. There were actually charges filed against the sheriff in that case, um, James Metz, for taking bribes, wire fraud, and conspiracy. Huh. Deborah has long believed that the county has really mishandled the case. I mean, it's possible. It's possible, you know. Not saying it is. And, you know, 2014, 1986, we're talking 28 years. Yeah. So, you know, who's to say back then he was taking bribes? I mean, maybe it was something as he got a little more cocky and confident Mm -hmm. that he, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Deborah, I mean, there's several articles out there, and I didn't want to, like, skew this telling of the story. We try to kind of stick to the facts here as much as we can. But I know that Deborah's been pretty vocal about like her anger towards the police department and, you know, detectives that have worked on the case and things like that. I think she's got there was one detective I read that has a really good rapport with her and that she knows she trusts him and I hope that relationship is, you know, solid because I can't I'm I'd be just like throwing things yeah all the time i would be just hounding them non-stop i don't care if my kid has been gone over 30 years this is your child yeah like you i would be pounding on the doors every day yeah like what's the update tell me this let's do this you know you know give me something something so yeah i think her frustration is totally valid um the physical evidence in the case which so we're talking about mishandling of cases. The physical evidence that they had in this case, which wasn't a lot. Yeah. Because it was the 80s. It was moved to a tin shed behind the sheriff's office with a lot of other evidence on other cases while renovations were being done to the sheriff's office. So they just, you know, kind of chucked all the evidence in a shed. I'm sure they didn't chuck it. I'm sure they placed it. <laughs> But next, you know, you know, next to the chainsaw and the still, you know, I just keep imagining mullet. that shed that we had at our old old office. <laughs> Do you remember the shed? The original one. The original one. Yes, the, the one that we got and then we moved offices and then we didn't use it. We paid a lot. And of money we had for all it. that furniture that was never unpacked yep. in that shed. Yeah, all that IKEA stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. So, all that being said about the shed, our work shed. Yes, our work shed. This shed, I don't think, because we had a nice shed. We did. I don't think this shed was as nice. Um, it doesn't sound like it. It was not climate controlled, obviously. Um, and due to that, the possibility of contamination or even lost evidence is pretty high. Absolutely, because evidence deteriorates over time. Mm-hmm. And if it's not in a controlled environment, like temperature controlled, it will break down even faster. Yeah. Oh. So there's that, which is super not great. Um, The case, though, has gotten some new heat under it, though, which is interesting. Okay. Um, On the 35th anniversary, so that was June 6th of this year, 2021, an age-progressed photo was actually released to the public. Um, And the FBI has also gotten involved to offer their assistance and resources. That specialized missing child task force that they have where were they you know 35 years ago i think back then i mean now with missing children i think it's an automatic thing 
right? But back then it wasn't. But I don't think it was back then. Yeah. So I think missing kids were an automatic, like, trigger. I don't know if that's true. But it seems like they're involved a lot more now with missing kids cases. Okay. So I bet that, I mean, they probably had to be invited in and it was a whole thing. I wonder, too, is there any kind of evidence that she may still be alive if they're... I don't know. They released that photo and, oh my gosh, she's so freaking cute. Um, And she's, if she looks anything like her age progressed photo, I mean, gorgeous. Oh my gosh, yes. That was her when she was little. So cute. She was so cute. So she would be 39 years old. Mm -hmm, Yes. So they released this and said that she would be 39 years old. Um... Investigators have reviewed all the reports and they have re-interviewed more than 125 people that were in, wow. like around during that time. And they said it's, you know, it's good because this type of small town, you have a lot of people who stay there. Mm-hmm. So the neighbors and the, you know, big players in town are all like what that would have known things about the investigation are all still there. And I'm glad that they're continuing to work on this now because you know as time goes by eventually those who are around are going to pass away Mm -hmm. and so you You want to do this you want to do this now yeah um at the time of her disappearance jessica was described as a white female with brown hair and brown eyes she has a small scar on her upper forehead ear piercing scars on both earlobes and a small brown birthmark on her right buttock she had a wart on her left hand at the time she disappeared. Mm. So that's really all that there is on this one right now. Um, it's early. I mean, still, I mean, June was just a few months ago. Yeah. So I'm hoping that there'll be some more information released on this and, one. And it could very well be she has literally no idea if she's still out there that she had been kidnapped, you know? I know. I mean, she could be like a full, I mean, we've seen crazy things like that happen where kids run there, like when they apply to college or like apply for something and they run a background check or something. They're like, you didn't exist until like age seven. Yeah. Or a birth certificate. They discover something. Yeah, absolutely. So it's possible. It's She's very out possible. there. I like to believe that she is. Me too. I just hope for her mother's sake and her sister's sake. That there's some type of answer. Yeah. You know, I think by this point, while they still want Hope to be alive, um, and they're still praying that, you know, maybe she is that 39-year-old who's mm-hmm. discovering, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm not your child, or yeah. something's weird. I don't know. I would think that at this point, maybe you've come to terms with she may not still be with us. But if anything, to have an answer. I know. Even if it's the worst answer. Exactly. At least it would give you some kind of peace. I know. The not knowing, I think, would be the worst part. I've always said that. I've never, thank God, never been in this situation where a loved one has gone missing and I don't have any answers. But... I've said it before that I would just rather, you know, if they're dead, I would want to know. Me too. And I think anybody would. Me too. The idea of, like, 
Never hope. The idea of hope just... I don't know. I'm such a pessimist, though. Me too. That I don't know if it would ever... I guess you have to, though. Yeah, I mean, that's... Make it through the day. Right. Because if you don't have the hope, why keep going? What's the point? I don't know, man. What is the point? That's wild. These parents blow my mind who are able to just... I, I don't I know and she's still like working on this case like she God. is still like of an advocate her. for her daughter and like her family and you know people can say what they want about you know oh she's pushy or you know nope. she's an- annoying or she is a mama she bear she is a mother who lost her child you need to sit down and like stop talking exactly. about her that's that's love people <laughs> unless you've been in that situation you don't get to judge her exactly no well, until you see a mama with her kids and that kind of love. Mm-mm. No. Nope. No. She gets yep. to kind of act how she wants. I think so. I'm like, I don't really care what you have to say about it. <laughs> yeah, it's like people know, like, you know, with cubs and a mama bear, they're like, ooh, don't, don't mess, mess with that. With that. They don't mess with that mama bear. Like, that's right. So, you know, when people say, oh, back away, ooh, let, let the mama bear do her thing. Let's not bother her. Let this mama bear do yeah, her just thing. just let her be. Yep. So that's that's where we are. Um, I'm hoping there'll be more answers soon. I hope so, too. Um, justice, if something happened to her, peace for this family, or if she's out there somewhere. And the hope would be that she would discover this photo and be like, wait a minute, that kind of looks know, like, like me. Yeah. Wait a minute. Or somebody will be like, oh, my gosh, this looks like you. Yeah. Like, I work with this lady who looks just like you. I it's know. so crazy. That's wild. I know. But that's it. Wow. That's all I got. All right. But that was awesome. Thank thanks, you for thanks. sharing. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm missing <laughs> that a child. Was great. That was great. Let's was do it amazing. again. Actually, we will do it again next week. Oh, we'll do it again on for the bonus on Patreon as well. We're just going to keep doing keep it. Keep on with missing children. Well, not specifically, but many other, many, yes. many stories. Yes, many stories. Okay, Great. y'all. So if you want to send us a email, you can to <laughs> mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You'll probably want to. You, everybody should. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. Find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia. And you can find us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. Patreon's really cool because when you become a member, you get even more episodes. You get some behind-the-scenes kind of things. Um, Really, you supporting us helps us support you. So reach out to us on Patreon. We'd be super, super grateful. Most definitely. All right. Is that a shout out? I do. I have our location this week. It's going to be Indianapolis, Indiana. Woohoo! Um, are you guys eating? Nope, that's Cincinnati. Uh, never mind. Well, never mind. That's Ohio. Never mind. You all aren't eating anything. Chili. <laughs> no. Indianapolis. You're, you're let us know what you're famous for. The Motor Speedway. Indianapolis Motor Speedway, among other things. That's true. I have a coworker because I work remote, so I have a coworker who's from Indy. I don't think she listens. It could be her. 
We just naturally assume that anybody in any area who listens is probably related to us because we just can't imagine that anybody would just people would really want to listen to us. Listen to this and be like, yeah, that's something I want to be involved in. (laughs) (laughs) These two idiots. (laughs) These people? Heck no. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, you know, we're here every week to bring you the humor. Uh, we do so much because it is weird to us that hundreds of people listen to us. We're in over 50 countries. That's crazy. Which is wild. That is so crazy. I can't. Every time I see that number, I'm like, what the heck? Well, when we began this, really, we were just hoping that uh, we would get five listeners. That was the goal. It really was. We set a goal for ourselves of like, if we can get five people to listen to this, we'll be thrilled. Yeah. And there, so, we've had over like seventeen thousand, yeah, listens. That's mind blowing. That's, that's that crazy. Number is insane. That to is me. crazy because <laughs> like if we can just get like our moms, it's like we know our moms will listen. So if we can really just get three more people, it then started we'll probably out okay. that my mom was was good about it, and mm-hmm. now she's like, I don't know. I think I'm listening to like something that aired in like April. Oh my god! And I'm like, <gasps> get with it. I know my mom listens to it while she mows the yard. I love that. Yeah. She texted me the other day. She's like, I'm mowing and podcasting. Uh, my mother will do it when she folds laundry. I love that. Yeah. I listen usually in the car after um, I take the kid out of school. I'll, you know, turn it. I have that Apple CarPlay. I don't and listen because so. I edit all of our episodes, so I've heard them 15 times. The time I get really out. excited because I can't really recall. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, because there's usually some distance between us recording and mm-hmm. then it uploading, so I don't really remember always. So it's new for me, actually. <laughs> and I laugh all over again. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn, Holly, you're so funny. <laughs> oh, Haley. No. <laughs> That's what I said. No, no, no. Oh, we'll see y'all next week. All right. Bye. Bye.